turn to uh, John chapter 13 and 14. Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart out of this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. During supper, when the devil had already put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, and that he had come from God and was going back to God, rose from supper. He laid aside his outer garments, and taking a towel, tied it around his waist. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, do you wash my feet? Jesus answered him, What I am doing you do not understand now, but afterward you will understand. Peter said to him, You shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, If I do not wash you, you have no share with me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Jesus said to him, The one who has bathed does not need to wash, except for his feet, but is completely clean. And you are clean, but not every one of you. For he knew who was to betray him. That was why he said, Not all of you are clean. When he had washed their feet and put on his outer garments and resumed his place, he said to them, Do you understand what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for so I am. If then your Lord and teacher have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you should also do just as I had done to you. <clears throat> truly, truly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who has sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. I am not speaking for all of you. I know whom I have chosen, but the scripture will be fulfilled. He who ate my bread has lifted his heel against me. I am telling you this now before it takes place, that when it does take place, you may believe that I am he. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever receives the, he receives the one I send receives me. Whoever receives me receives the one who sent me. After saying these things, Jesus was troubled in his spirit and testified, Truly, truly, I say to you, one of you will betray me. The disciples looked at one another, uncertain of whom he spoke. One of his disciples, whom Jesus loved, was reclining at the table at Jesus' side. So Simon Peter motioned to him to ask Jesus of whom he was speaking. So that disciple, leaning back against Jesus, said to him, Lord, who is it? Jesus answered, it is he to whom I will give the morsel of bread when I have dipped it. So when he had dipped the morsel, he gave it to Judas, the son, the son of Simon Iscariot. Then after he had taken the morsel, Satan entered into him. Jesus said to him, what are, you going to, what are you going to do? Do quickly. Now no one at the table knew why he said this to him, but some thought that because G Judas had the money bag, Jesus was telling him, buy what we need for the feast, or that he should give something to the poor. So after receiving the morsel of bread, he immediately went out, and it was night. When he had gone out, Jesus said, Now is the Son of Man glorified, and God is glorified in him. If God is glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself, and glorify him at once. Little children, yet a little while I am with you. You will seek me, and just as I said to the Jews, so now I say to you, where I am going, you cannot come. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. 
By this, all people will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, where are you going? Jesus answered him, Where I am going, you cannot follow me now, but you will follow afterward. Peter said to him, Lord, why can I not follow you now? I will lay down my life for you. Jesus answered, Will you lay down your life for me? Truly, truly, I say to you, the rooster will not crow till you have denied me three times. Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, that where I am you may also be. And you know the way to where I am going." Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father, and it is enough for us. Jesus said to him, I have been with you so long, and you still do not know me, Philip. Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does his works. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or else believe on the account the works themselves. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do and greater works than these will he do, because I am going to the Father. Whoever you ask in my name, this I will do. Whatever the Father, the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. If you love me, you will keep my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him, you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans, I will come to you. Yet a little while, and the world will see me no more, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. And in that day you will know that I am the Father, that I am in the Father, and you in me, and I in you. Whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. Judas, not Iscariot, said to him, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus answered him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. Whoever does not love me does not keep my words, and the word that you hear is not mine, but the Father's who sent me. These things I have spoken to you while I am still with you, but the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. Not that the world gives, do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. You heard me say to you, I am going away, and I will come to you. If you love me, you would have rejoiced, because I am going to the Father. For the Father is greater than I, and now I have told you before it takes place, so that when it does take place, you may believe. I will no longer talk much to you, for the ruler of the world is coming. He has no claim to me, but I do as the Father commands me, so that the world may know that I love the Father. Rise, let us go from here.
Good morning, Riverside. How are you this morning? And man, I want to just open things up with you, and I really just want to uh, just be really forward with you. And man, I, we usually we, we um, kind of like wrap things up uh, with the gospel at the end. Guys, I, I really just want to, um, this time, is just put the gospel um, and set it in front of you right now. Uh, in 1 Corinthians 15, uh, uh, the Apostle Paul writes to the Corinthian church. He says this, he says, For I delivered to you as of first importance, first importance, he says, what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the Scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the Scriptures. That is the gospel in its simplest form. That's what the whole entire Bible is about, guys. Whenever I think about uh, when, when I read this, uh, I think about Billy Graham and the way he says, the joy of the gospel. Were you guys sad when Billy Graham died? But he didn't really die. He didn't really die. He lives. Guys, this is the gospel. The gospel allows us to live, to live the life as we were meant to live here and then to, for eternal life with Jesus uh, when we die here. Guys, this is the joy of the gospel. This is the wisdom of God. This is the wisdom of God. This is the love of God on the cross. The love of God. Guys, only the work of Christ on the cross can cleanse us of our sin and give us total access and favor with God. It's not about what we do or our works or anything. It's about what Jesus has done on the cross. And it brings us into an unhindered relationship with God here. Man, guys, we're going to talk about feet today. What is it about feet? What does the gospel have to do with feet? Does anybody here hate feet? <laughs> I know there's a lot of people that hate feet. Some people love feet. There's a, the person that laughed loves feet. <laughs> Guys, there's a, there's, a, there's a phobia called potophobia. It's the fear of feet. It's the fear of feet. People fear feet. Guys, man, just talking about this is making me woozy. <laughs> Some of you are, are sitting there, you're curling your toes and just kind of thinking about your feet. Or, man, I didn't, uh, I didn't cut my toenails this morning. Is Pastor Brian going to make me take my shoes off? No, 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 no. I won't do that, guys. But it does make me woozy thinking about your feet. <laughs> Logan, keep your shoes on. Keep your shoes on. Guys, through feet, Jesus shows us the heart of God. Let's just uh, cut to the chase. Through feet, Jesus shows us the essence of the heart of God. Guys, we need the heart of God. We need to know it. We need to experience it. We need to feel the heart of God. Guys, John, John chapters 13 and 14, it begins this long discourse from chapters 13 to 17 in the upper room. It's the, the famous Lord's Supper. Leonardo da Vinci uh, made a painting of the Lord's Supper. And the paintings look awesome, and they look special and bright and really cool, but really the upper room was dark, it was dank, Jesus was uh, a day away from being crucified, he was hiding, the disciples were hiding, 
It was not a great night. It was not a great night. And this is where we are, guys. This is Jesus' last night on earth. And he has dinner with his disciples. Man, what is a, a man that knows he's going to be crucified the next day? What does he have to say? What does he have to say? What does he, what does he want to do on his last night on this earth? Guys, Jesus knew his hour had come to, to, to leave the world to the Father. This last supper is it. This is it. Alexander McLaren wrote, Nowhere else is his speech, in chapters 13 through 17, nowhere else is his speech so simple, so simple and so deep. Nowhere else have we the heart of God so unveiled to us as in these chapters. And today begins uh, our study in those chapters, in the upper room, in the Lord's Supper. Guys, I want to ask you, what would you do? What would you do if you knew you were going to die tomorrow? Man, what would you do? What would you do today if you knew you were going to die tomorrow? Think about that for a second. If we're honest, if we're, if we're completely honest, our, inks, our instinct is to squeeze every ounce of pleasure as we can this last day. Maybe you'll buy a really sweet exotic car and you'll go for your last joyride down Route 95 in Philly, if that's a joyride. <laughs> Route 76. <laughs> Guys, maybe you'll go to a five-star restaurant and eat, eat like your last uh, amazing meal, a 49-ounce steak. Guys, maybe, maybe you'll go to like an EMD club and just dance the night away. You'll dance the night away. If you're, if you're me, my instinct is, is just to walk the grounds of Augusta National Golf Club, the most amazing golf course in the world, and just take it all in. But that's me. Guys, Jesus, Jesus washes feet in his last night. Jesus squeezes every ounce of self-sacrifice that he can on the day before that he dies. Guys, Jesus did the job of the lowest servant in the house. You see, because in that culture, uh, when there was a, a, a formal dinner happening, uh, the servant of the house was the one. They would wash the feet of the people as they would come in, into the home, before this dinner would occur. The servant of the house would wash the feet. Uh, in that culture, in, in Jewish law and, and tradition, uh, and between a relationship uh, between a rabbi and his congregation, the disciples could never ask the rabbi uh, to wash their feet. It was completely unthinkable, completely unthinkable for the rabbi to wash the disciples' feet. Unheard of. Completely unheard of. Guys, feet are taboo today. We've learned that just earlier. Feet are taboo today. They were taboo back then. And guys, feet were even more nasty back then. They were even more nasty back then because all they had were sandals. And they walked for miles and miles. They didn't have cars. Dusty roads. Feet were beat up. I don't even know that they had nail clippers. I don't know what they did back then. Feet were just straight up nasty back then. Can you imagine 
washing somebody's feet right now. Do we ever do that? Do we ever wash somebody's feet? Unless we're a, a caregiver at a hospice or something. Man, do we ever go home and just wash our spouse's feet? <laughs> I don't think so. I don't. <laughs> I don't. Guys, instead of squeezing every ounce of pleasure, Jesus squeezes every ounce of self-sacrifice in his last hours. This was all loving his disciples to the end. He didn't say love. Guys, he did love. Because that, that's what love is, guys. We see in the Bible, it's totally different than what we see in the world. In the world, it's this romantic, uh, fuzzy feeling that we think love is. Well, that's not what it is at all. Guys, in the Bible, we see love is action. Love is a verb. Love is action. We do love. Guys, I experienced this in my own marriage, man. I, I don't always feel love for my spouse. I don't. Man, marriage is tough. But love is action. It's like, you know what? I don't feel this way, but I'm going to do this way. Because when we do love, the feelings come back. It's just doing and doing and doing and persevering in love. Guys, there was nothing to love about the disciples. There really wasn't. When we're talking about the holiness and, and the purity of God and who Jesus is, guys, there's nothing to love about us and our brokenness. And yet God loves us anyway. And it's not a warm, fuzzy feeling, romantic feeling. God's love is different. And it's a love that, that does. It's a love that's action. Man, this is really challenging for me. Because when I think about, like, Natalie Casale's feet here, I don't, I, I don't have a good feeling. <laughs> you just hit your feet. I don't want to wash your feet when I think about that. What about you guys? Man, when you think about your significant other's feet, how do you feel about washing their feet? But guys, you see, it's not just enough to, to tell you to try hard to serve one another and to live sacrificially because, yes, it is about washing the feet, but it's really also not about that. What Jesus is trying to show and what he says is that I'm giving you an example. Do to others as I am doing to you. Man, live sacrificially. Live sacrificially. Love to the end. Do love. Words don't mean anything. Words don't mean anything if we're not doing love. If we're not doing love. So guys, it's not enough for me to tell you to try harder. Because of our brokenness and because of sin, it doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. Guys, we need to know the heart of God. We need to know the heart of God and remember the shadow of the cross. He is so close to the cross. The cross is coming tomorrow. And he is so close to the cross that the shadow is upon him now. He can feel it. The pressure is on. Guys, what he's showing us, what he's showing us through the washing of the feet is he's showing us what he's going to do tomorrow. On the cross, he's going to wash. He is going to wash our sins away. 
That's the joy of the gospel. He is going to wash our feet on the cross. He is going to take that dirt and like he took that towel around him when he was filling up that basin, he took the disciples' dirt on their feet and put it upon himself. He wipes the dirt and he takes on that dirt. And he's going to do that on the cross tomorrow. Jesus is doing love. Jesus is doing love. Guys, the world, the world is characterized by power, authority, and self-assertion. The kingdom of God is characterized by meekness and love and self-sacrifice. That's the kingdom of God. And God is showing us his heart through Jesus Christ, through the washing of the feet. And notice, notice the totality of the grace here. Notice it. All, all 12 disciples, they do not understand Jesus. They have not. As you read through the Gospels, they, they keep making mistakes. They're like, they're like buffoons. They're just like us. Man, I don't get it. We don't understand. They keep making mistakes. They, they keep falling in their sin. And yet Jesus keeps walking with them. They're about to abandon him. Jesus knows they're about to abandon him. And yet he still washes their feet. And think about one of those 12 disciples, Judas. He is about to turn Jesus in to be crucified. He still washes Judas's feet. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? Somebody turning you in right now to be executed tomorrow and washing their feet. Can you imagine that? No. Guys, this is radical, amazing, unbelievable grace. And this is the heart of God. This is the heart of God, guys. And we cannot know the depth of God's love unless we are willing to face the fact that he knows us completely. Unless he knows us completely. Otherwise, we fool ourselves. We fool ourselves into believing that he loves somebody that we pretend to be. That we pretend to be. Not the broken people that we are. That Jesus washed the disciples' feet, including Judas, shows that he is willing and able to love and accept us as we are. Amen. He's willing and able to love us as we are. Guys, notice how Peter, he wouldn't accept Jesus washing his feet. Jesus, you are the Messiah. You are the Messiah of Israel, the Messiah of the world, and you're washing my feet? Jesus says, yes, Peter. Peter, if you don't allow me to do this, then you have no share with me. You have no share with me. If he does not accept the humble service of Jesus washing his feet, he can have no share with Jesus. Guys, Jesus took nails to his feet so we could have clean feet. Guys, the gospel the gospel is not, man, if I serve and I sacrifice myself, then I can have a share with Jesus. That's not the gospel. The gospel is if 
I come as I am, and I just allow Jesus to serve me on the cross. Then I will have a share with God. That's what Jesus is saying here to Peter. If you don't allow me to do this, you have no share with me. Guys, this love from God, and it's not a license to stay as we are. Don't get me wrong. He accepts us as we are, but it's not a license to stay as we are. But it's a great motivator for change, deeply rooted change in our lives. And in light of him washing the disciples' feet, Jesus gives them a new commandment. He makes this really practical. I'm, gonna, I'm doing this, I'm washing your feet, and then here's my commandment. I'm washing your feet, now do this. What does he say there? In, in John 13, 34 through 35, he says, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. I don't like messing around with like ancient Greek language and all that, but it's really important to see that the word new here, what that really means. The word new and the ancient Greek word used there was this idea for freshness for freshness and the opposite of being outworn. It doesn't mean different. It doesn't mean new as indifferent. It means freshness. Guys, it isn't, it's not that this commandment was invented, was just invented. He's talked about love, and it's love. You see it in the Hebrew Scriptures. Guys, Jesus is showing us in a fresh new way through the washing of the feet what love is. And it's something that people have never seen before. And then tomorrow on the cross, in a fresh new way, they're about to see the love of God in a fresh new way. And guys, Jesus is saying, man, love is the distinguishing factor. It's the distinguishing mark of who we are as followers of Christ. When you think about all the things that we try to distinguish ourselves through, as followers of Christ, guys, it's love. That's it. It's not the ability to preach. It's not the ability to uh, amazingly interpret Scripture. It's not memorizing Scripture. It's not being sinless. It's not looking a certain way or sounding a certain way. It's not rhetoric. It's not being able to argue effectively. It's love. It's love. The one distinguishing factor. When somebody meets you, what do they identify about you? And as followers of Christ, Jesus is saying it should be love. Because he's just shown us through the washing of the feet, even his enemies. It's a complete laying down of his life for people who do not deserve it. And when we see that love and work out the cross in our own life, it should be the distinguishing factor in our life and how we relate with people in our lives. Because the desire, the, think about it, the, the desire to be loved and to be validated is probably the most powerful motivation in the world. 
that's even more powerful than the, the desire to love. We like to be loved. Give me all the love. Just validate me. We see it all over social media. People just wanting to be validated. We want love, and yet it's so hard to, to give love, to, to show love, to validate somebody. Why can't we do that? Guys, our ability to love is often shaped by our experience with love, with our experience of love and how we or are loved. Guys, we usually love others as we, as we have been loved. And unfortunately, because of the brokenness in the world, it's, it's really ugly. It's really ugly. If we're abandoned as children, we will likely love accordingly. If we are deeply hurt by somebody, we will likely love accordingly. And if we experienced as a child, if we experienced our parents getting a divorce, that is going to have a huge impact on how we love in our lives. How we have been loved affects how we love. And guys, looking to our experience with man is the poorest way to shape our vision and to shape how we do love for others. How do we get there? Guys, we got to look somewhere else. We cannot look to man to shape our vision of love. Guys, we look to the cross. We look to the cross to shape our vision of love and to give us the direction that we need to love others in our lives. We look to how we are loved sacrificially by God on the cross, through the washing of the feet. We look to these things, and we allow it to give us the change that we need in our hearts through faith. Through faith. This is the greatest way to shape our love for others. Jesus said, he said, love one another. But he didn't stop there. We, we might love to stop there. Just love one another. It sounds so simple. The world throws that around a lot. Just love one another. But he doesn't stop there. What does he say next? He says, just as I have loved you. Just as you have seen me wash your feet, and just as you're going to see on the cross tomorrow, love one another. Use me as an example. Use me to shape how you love. Use me to shape how you view love and how you think about love. Use me and what I'm doing and what I'm going to do on the cross for you to shape those things. Yeah, we should just ask one question here. Is the cross personal to you? Is the cross personal to you? Or is it, is it just information that you keep hearing on Sundays and it's in your head and like, I get it. I understand the gospel intellectually. But if you don't believe the gospel is personal to you, if you don't believe that the gospel is specifically for you, you will never grow in the love of Christ that he offers for us. You won't until you believe that the cross is specifically for you. Guys, it's personal. It's personal with Jesus. He knows every hair on your head, and he wants to have a relationship with you. Is the cross personal to you? 
Because the more it becomes personal to you, the more you will grow in the gospel in every area of your life. Guys, because of sin, our best intentions, our best intentions and our greatest, our greatest actions of love, they're compromised. Even by the slightest bit of self-directed gain. Even the slightest bit. And even that slightest bit is enough to not meet the standard of God. God's perfect love. You see, the cross, it empties us. It empties us of our self-directed motivation where we say in our head, man, if I love, I will gain. If I love, I will gain. But the cross, it, it fills us. It builds us up into this other's directed motivation where we start saying in our minds and in our hearts, if I love, she will gain. If I love, he will gain. Jesus was doing that on, on the washing of the feet. If I love them, they will gain. If I love my wife, she will gain. If I love my husband, he will gain. That's the cross. Man, and this has a direct hit on us, does it not? This has a direct hit on our marriages and our relationships. This has a direct hit on me at home. I can, I can, I can just knock it out of the ballpark here at the church and serve. You know, you see me her serving on Sundays and all that, or... For some reason, when I go home, it's the hardest thing for me to do is to serve in my home. Why? Because who I am here in public is not really who I am. It's who we are privately. That's who we really are. It's who we are behind closed doors. That's who we really are. And guys, I have the hardest time serving in the home but I'm growing because I don't want it to stop there. I want to keep looking to the cross to shape my view of love. I want to keep looking to Jesus, washing the feet. I want to allow him to wash my feet and shape my view and how I think about love, and I want it to leak into my family, into my girls, and into my wife. I want that. It's not easy. There's so much pride and there's so much flesh that God has to work through in my heart but I know he's working, and I want more of it. Do you want more of it? Or are you satisfied? There's an apathetic feeling about love in the world. Man, I'm not perfect, and I, like, you know, I, I love the best I can, but I'll never change. I'll never change. I am who I am. No, that's not the gospel. The cross is so powerful. The cross can change you completely. Completely. And it's not just like a restoration. You know, when I think about a restoration, golf courses are renovated. They take the current golf course and they change it up a little bit and move around bunkers and greens and stuff like that to make it better. That's not what the gospel is. The gospel is tearing down the whole thing. It's tearing down the whole golf course. And it's building a brand new, beautiful golf course. That's what the cross is. Guys, where are you feeling this direct hit in your life? The disciples, they have not understood Jesus' way. 
They have not understood it. You read through the gospel, and we've been through it, and John, for the past several chapters, they do not get it. They keep messing up. They keep misunderstanding Jesus. They keep having the wrong responses. They keep having misdirected and misguiding feelings and responses to what Jesus is doing and who he is. They do not understand, and tomorrow they're going to be horrified. They're going to be completely horrified and shocked. The Messiah of the world is going to be crucified on a cross. But that's God's plan, because the kingdom of God is not a kingdom of self-assertion and power and authority. It's about meekness, self-sacrifice, and love. And love. In three days, in three days, their lives are going to change forever. Their lives are going to change forever. And he says, look at the things he says, let not your hearts be troubled. Guys, he says this in light of the, the, the shadow of the cross being on him. He knows what's going to happen and the horrifying nature of it. And he knows they're going to be weak. He knows they're going to be weak. And he says, let not your hearts be troubled. He says, believe in me. Believe in me. He keeps saying that in the Gospel of John. He says, I am the way and the truth and the life. What you just saw in the washing of the feet, that's the way. And I'm it. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. And what you're going to see tomorrow, I am the way, the truth, and the life. That's what it is. No one comes to the Father except through me. Nobody comes to the Father except through having their feet washed. Having your feet washed. Getting rid of all your pride and allowing Jesus to wash your feet. And allowing his work on the cross into your life. Nobody comes to the Father except through that except through that. He says, whoever has seen me has seen the Father. Whoever has seen me washing the feet, you've seen this, and now I'm commanding you to love one another. Tomorrow you're going to see the cross. Whoever has seen me, you are seeing the Father. You are seeing the Father. He says, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. That is so encouraging. Because I live you also will live. Because I will be resurrected when you believe, you also will be resurrected. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Because you have seen me washing your feet and you have felt it and you have experienced it, you have seen the heart of God. I am the way, the truth, and the life. This is beautiful. Man, so I ask you, guys, the gospel in the beginning of this message, do you believe? 